Now, the experience of the 114 South Africans who were evacuated from the Wuhan uh, city in China demonstrates the effectiveness and the necessity of a state lockdown, says President Cyril Ramaphosa. Writing in his weekly open letter to the public, Ramaphosa said that it was due to the drastic actions that the Chinese government took to contain the disease in the city of Wuhan that all South Africans were able to return uninfected and healthy. Wuhan, a city of 11 million in the province of Hubei, reported more than 50,000 infections after more than two months after stringent lockdown measures were put in place. The province has had a fewer now than about 20 new cases in the past two weeks. And of course, looking forward to hearing from you during the course of the show. And... uh, as promised, Maya did speak to a South African living in China about the situation there. Let's have a listen. Good afternoon and thank you for taking the time to chat to us. Firstly, tell us more about the measures China implemented to curb the spread of coronavirus. So as we know from the World Health Organization, a number of measures are needed to actually try and, and contain this this disease. Um, a shutdown alone will not help. So things such as um, uh, rapid testing, as well as um, having equipment, uh, protective equipment for, um, for medical workers that are on the front line of this uh, fight against the virus Um, we also need compliance compliance is very important from citizens to ensure that um, they follow the advice that is given by the government as well as health workers um, that are trying to contain the spread of the virus Um, those are just a few measures of that can be taken those are the few measures that are necessary to deal with this with this virus Uh, but a litany of of measures are necessary in order to try and deal with this crisis so the government here in china uh, mandated a countrywide um shutdown and uh, what we saw we saw um transportation being cut especially in the epicenter of this virus here in china which was uh, in the hubei province in central china uh, and uh, cities like um, wuhan and and other neighboring cities that were hardest hit by the outbreak uh, there was just complete shutdown there were uh, no movement was allowed in that in those cities as well as um people were required to stay indoors um and so what you saw especially during the day as well as at night you saw ghost towns um developing throughout the country because people adhered to um to the instructions as well as the advice from government for them to stay at home during this period while the the government tried to control the spread of the virus Uh, and so that helped a lot uh, in terms of ensuring that you minimize the risk of transmission you saw companies also um, coming up with their own um, with their own uh, measures um, especially with the delivery services here in China being a big industry so you saw um, companies 
minimizing contact between their staff as well as um, the, the customers. They started creating um, places where people can place um, their packages or the packages that were being delivered outside buildings so that uh, when uh, clients or customers come out to receive their packages, they are able to collect them from those stations. So those were some of the measures that were taken to minimize contact between um, people because human-to-human uh, -human transmission was uh, is one of the ways that was noted or has been noted as, uh, as um, a way of spreading the virus. And we do know that the use of technology was also important. Yeah. Countries like China and um, South Korea have used um, technology to share information on COVID-19 as well as track um, cases uh, and um, create alerts amongst um, communities. Um, and they've been able to do this effectively, I think. Um, that's, my, that's my opinion on this. And how they did this was to issue, we've, um, we've seen cases where, especially in South Korea, where citizens were able to get alerts on their phones when uh, there was a case um, in, in their vicinity, you know, in close proximity to them. If a case has been identified, then it will say an individual has uh, tested positive here in this specific um, area so that you are aware and you take necessary precautions um, whether that includes you staying away from that place or if you may think you did if you may think you came into contact with someone um, fitting that kind of description then you you will also take necessary precautions whether it's you isolating yourself for um, 14 days to make sure that you don't have um, any symptoms or going for testing. So that helps because what we are seeing right now in South Africa is that the information that is being shared uh, on the cases, the confirmed cases, just dates um, the, 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 the province where the individual or the patient was identified but it doesn't say tell you the city or the specific area where that person uh, was um, or and where that person um, went before he actually got ill or started showing symptoms you know so I think um, that is not that helpful um, in a way because then you you don't know if you you are moving around passing or spreading the virus uh, w when you have been in co or whether you've been in contact with um, someone that has just recently been identified as a suspected uh, COVID-19 uh, patient. So I think we need maybe more information on the cases that are being identified and um, the movements of the, the the patients that have recently or just been identified where they went and maybe they attended a, a, a gathering 
and um, things like that. So I think we need more um, more clarity, more transparency on that, so that people um, are aware of their movements and who they came into contact with, and so that they can go and get tested. Maybe there is a reason behind not, you know, divulging that kind of information. But yeah, um, we still need well uh, something that needs to be explored. Uh, maybe with the officials. Tell us more about the feelings on the ground. And what has actually made it easier for um, for for people to stay at home here in China is that people there's a sense here in China there's a huge sense of solidarity in, in terms there's a huge sense of solidarity in times of um, adversity and what we see is the attitude of saying um, we are all in this together so people have that kind of attitude when they are faced with difficulty here in China people are able to come together and uh, face well what we may call the common enemy, which in this time, it's this uh, coronavirus. And so that's why it was easy when, when the government issued the call or the instruction for people to stay at home, people adhere to that. And uh, also what makes it easier for Chinese people to stay at home is that people, um, rather it, it it's easier to, for them to stay at home uh, because they can still somehow manage to have um, part of their normal activities going. They can still make orders from home, have their food delivered to their homes, which is different from for South Africa, you know, because in South Africa that is not easy for people to do. Uh, and so that... Is, is one of the challenges uh, when when facing a lockdown in South Africa that you you need to go to the shops and buy your food uh, physically for most households and so when when you run out of your supplies then it becomes difficult for you to actually make orders online and have deliveries whereas here in China it's easy people don't normally uh, buy monthly groceries they just order as uh, as when they see fit or when they need the necessities then they order online and everything is delivered to them would you say china today is slowly returning to normal so all of these measures that i've mentioned and more have helped to slow down the the spread of the coronavirus in China. Um, we saw by mid-February uh, what happened was that um, the, the number of new cases peaked in China and then after that this um, the virus started to slow down, you know, the number of new cases that were being discovered um, they declined and uh, that allowed the government to l- gradually lift um, the 
to gradually lift the shutdown, especially in starting with areas that have not that were not hit hard by this virus and uh, so we've seen this month um, a lot of um, economic activity taking uh, rather economic activities taking place resuming government uh, resuming in most provinces companies reopening even tourism uh, has uh, started to gradually you know resume but um, things like um, travel agencies um, they've not yet been you know given the green lights to start you know uh, working with clients inviting uh, uh, tourists and so on because there's still that restriction on the the movement of people uh, in the country but you can you can now go to the park um you you know most parks are now re- have now been reopened uh, most of the oh a number of tourist uh, tourist uh, attractions have been uh, reopened and so if you are a local and one and some of your um tourist attractions have been opened you can you can now go there and visit those areas but i think what is restricted is that people coming from far uh, other provinces and other countries um, that there's restriction there's still restriction in that uh, and so with regards to um, okay I lost my chain of thought there but yeah so what we have seen uh, is that the, 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 the disease the spread of the disease has slowed down and uh, that is thanks to or that is attributed to the measures that the drastic measures that china took a lot of uh, people around the world criticize china for for these kinds of measures the drastic uh, measures that it took to address the spread of the virus but we've seen the other side of this uh, is that the, the the spread of the virus has slowed down um, tremendously and what we are seeing right now is that outside of China the virus is spreading rapidly and countries are now starting to adopt um, the model that has been set by China and other countries such as South Korea and uh, Singapore you know uh, in terms of adopting stringent measures to tackle um, this unprecedented crisis so while there is a, a, a downside to this um, kind of um, response what we are seeing though is that it is yielding results that are needed at this time that are necessary at this time um, but now as to at what or the extent of human cost this um, virus and the measures that were taken you know it's it's something that will may not know right now maybe later as time goes on but um, yes there has been a price to pay you know in terms of uh, businesses um, human um, you know citizens you know they have there have been sacrifices that have been made um, to ensure that this virus is controlled 
and um, lives are saved and so I think we have also have to look at it in that way in South Africa that we have to make some some sacrifices in our approach and uh, our response to to this virus you know to to ensure that people stay safe because uh, a lot of people in the country are um, in danger at risk of uh, you know developing severe um, conditions after contracting this virus because of the, their existing or pre-existing health um, uh, issues uh, as we know that a lot of people are living with the HIV, HIV or HIV virus and uh, a lot of people have other chronic um, diseases so that makes them very vulnerable to contracting the virus uh, the coronavirus so we need to protect those people and uh, one of the ways of protecting them is to stay at home um, and if you develop symptoms then consult your um, your, your health practitioner or, or seek medical assistance and make sure that you isolate yourself from the rest of um, uh, of your members in your family so that you do not pass it on if should you have it should you have the virus you do not pass it on to others so we need to think of um, ourselves as well as our loved ones and other South Africans um, when we are dealing with this virus. Thanks again for your time and we do hope South Africa can take some lessons from China as we too try to curb the spread of coronavirus.